Yeah, the, uh, the forecast was that uh, there weren't going to be many here today. It was bank holiday weekend and everybody was away. Uh, Andrew thought he was going to have a field day because he was the only elder that's going to be here. But there is uh, at least one other. And we didn't count on so many visitors being with us today. But it's good uh, to see you all. It's folks we know, we know you, you've been with us before. But it's always great when you come and pay us a visit, and we really appreciate that, because it makes up for those of ours that are away. So it's uh, good. (coughs) How many have been on one of those? Not very many. Is that all? Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, can somebody please tell me what it is? It's a roller coaster. All right. And uh, when you go on a roller coaster, um, sometimes it's like that. You come right to the top after a climb, and you get right to the very top, and uh, everybody is arms in the air, and you've got the most fantastic view, and it's the most exhilarating feeling. And uh, uh, you feel like that. Cool. You're on top of the world, smile on your face. But uh, other times, of course, it can be like that first slide. This is the corkscrew, surprise, surprise. Um, And life is like that. When you can be going up one moment, you can be coming down the next, and uh, you haven't always got a smile on your face. Um, You might be in life wondering what is going on. In life, you might be scared by what's going on. In life, you might be sad by what's going on. In life, you might be angry by what's going on. And of course, as we've thought back very briefly this morning over the life of Joseph so far, we can see that Joseph's life has been just like a roller coaster. There have been the good times, (laughs) with a smile on your face, but there's a lot of times when he just must have been wondering what's going on. Uh, And likewise with us, we we can relate, I'm sure, many, if not all of us, in various measures to, to, to those sorts of emotions and sentiments about our, how our life is. Well, as we saw last week, we uh, left Joseph uh, in prison. And uh, there was a very important verse in the chapter uh, when we read about Joseph going into prison. And it is a very significant one. Because the Bible tells us that although he'd been put in prison and again he thought, totally forgotten again, again, again. But God was with him. But God was with him. And I'm sure that was very important uh, to Joseph. Uh, This week, uh, as we saw from our our DVD, the scene changes and we go to Pharaoh's palace. And there we've got Pharaoh, who is a very troubled and perplexed man. He's having these dreams. It's dreams again. I did think this morning about playing a clip from the Everly Brothers, dream, 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 all that, but I didn't think perhaps that might be appropriate uh, for our service. And uh, 
uh, the, the, there's two of the dreams, weren't there? There were the ones with the fat, healthy cows eating the sickly ones. Uh, sorry, uh, the, and the ugly and the sickly ones with the sickly ones eating the healthy ones. And there were the four healthy ears of corn and the scrawny ones. And the scrawny ones were eating up the healthy ones. And he was sure uh, that they meant something, meant something. But uh, he couldn't find anyone to tell him what it did mean, what they did mean. Um, how many of you dream? How many of you dream? Yeah, quite a lot of people dream. I don't know about you, but I find myself dreaming a whole load of weird stuff. And I must tell you, I don't think I, I ever get up in the morning um, after dreaming a load of weird stuff and begin to think back what that means. I don't know, perhaps I, I, I should at times. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, I usually think that when I wake up after a night of weird dreams, it's probably because I just had too much good cheese going to, to, to bed at night for my supper. But back in Bible times, we could see, and we've seen it already in the life of Joseph, people thought that their dreams meant something. And here, Pharaoh is really perplexed because he's telling his dreams and nobody can tell him, uh, and he just gets even more perplexed. And then someone remembers something. Somebody has one of those moments like when you wake up, guys, and you remember it's your wife's birthday, and you haven't sent a card, or even bought a card to give her, let alone a present. Or it's your anniversary, and it's, ah, oh no, what have I done? And in that moment, uh, when uh, Pharaoh is unable to uh, get anyone to tell him the meaning of his dreams, it was that chief cupbearer that had that, uh-uh, Oh no, moment. And he had promised, if you remember, to say uh, to Joseph that when he was back in his position, he would mention Joseph's name, put a word in, so that Joseph was not forgotten, but the cupbearer had forgotten until now. And he remembers Joseph and how Joseph could tell his dream and the dream of the baker and how each of them came true. And so it was that Joseph was sent for, and uh, after he'd had a shower and a shave, and he put on some decent clothes, um, he came up before Pharaoh. And then, of course, Pharaoh tells him the dreams, and Joseph tells him what they're going to mean. Something real was going to happen in the land, in the big, powerful country of Egypt. Seven years of plentiful harvest, and seven years of famine. And Pharaoh needed to get himself a plan for how the crops were going to be grown and saved in the years of plenty in order that they may be able to survive the seven years of famine. And so Pharaoh is now delighted. He's chuffed to death. Uh, he's got uh, someone who's been able to tell him what his dreams are, and he believes them. And so he makes Joseph effectively his prime minister to rule over the land 
and be second only to Pharaoh himself. In the first week uh, of our Joseph series, for those who were here, Andrew showed us this slide. The fact that God had a plan in all of this. He had a plan for Joseph's family, although we're not hearing anything about them at the moment in in how the story is unfolding. But he also had a plan uh, for Joseph. And perhaps all these years since... uh, Joseph had been sold by his brothers into Egypt as a slave. He had been wondering in the roller coaster of his life, when he must have been wondering what was going on, what that plan could be. Whatever is God trying to achieve in all of this that's happening to me. But maybe now for the first time, he was beginning to see something of what that plan might just be that God has for him. What I think we do see uh, uh, through all the events of Joseph's life is that God, in fact, has been at work. Not just in the circumstances of his life. Not just in the events and what happened to him. But also within him. God had been working in Joseph, within him. And that is because God is not only interested in who we are and where we are and what happens to us, but most important perhaps of all, God is interested in what we are, our character. And All these years, in all of these events that Joseph has been going through, the ups and the downs and so on, the various positions he was given here and there, uh, whilst he was in prison and so on and so forth, and working as a slave, working as a servant, God was developing character, character. God interested in what he was more than who he was and where he was. And I think, as you read through, and as I read through this week, preparing for this morning, uh, through all those events, that uh, Joseph has come a long way from perhaps being that arrogant young man uh, that flaunted himself with pride because he was his father's favorite and he had the coat of many colors. He punched around in that and paraded it. And for all that that signified to others, and particularly his brothers. And then when he goes with his dreams, and he's got perhaps these, uh, atti- this attitude of superiority. You know, uh, my brothers, you're going to be bowing down to me. Um, and then, you know, he goes to mum and dad, and he said, it's not only going to be your children that will be bowing down, but it's going to be you, dad, and you, mum. But he's come a long way from that to someone who I think is now more humble and more mature. He's not a teenager with the hormones raging anymore. He's a a mature man of about 30. And he is becoming the sort of person that God wanted him to be, ready to take his place in the plan that God had for him. In the chapter uh, that 
that uh, we're considering this week, Genesis 41, you find these words, that when uh, Joseph is brought before Pharaoh, and Pharaoh says, oh, I understand that you're the guy that could interpret dreams straight away. Whereas perhaps the arrogant Joseph of days gone by, the one who was filled with pride, might have said, yeah, that's me, I can do that. But now he says, no, I can't. It's not me that can do these things, um, but it's God. But God will. It's God that will do it. And then, uh, after he had children, uh, we find that uh, he named his firstborn Manasseh, says Genesis 41, and he says, it is because God. It is because God. He recognizes the hand and the provision of God in his life. He's made me forget all my trouble and all my father's household. And then in the verse following, the second son he named Ephraim and said, it is because God, it's because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. It seems as though Joseph has moved from his agenda of being me, 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 <laughs> arrogant, somebody filled with pride, to someone who says, no, it's God, it's God, it's God. And, and, and we bow to him and we subject ourselves to him, we submit ourselves to him, because in the words of Psalm 18, verse 30, as for God, his way is perfect. That's one of my favorite verses of the Bible, that on the roller coaster of life, <laughs> when we can't make sense of it all, what's going on and what is happening, we fall back to our faith and our trust in God, and we look to him, and we recognize that in all that we cannot understand, God is working out his purpose. God is working out his plan for us, and that plan, and that purpose is perfect because it's his way. As for God, his way is perfect. Also, we've uh, mentioned, I think, in our series, I've not been here for every Sunday, but it certainly appears in the briefing notes that uh, Graham Dancy prepared for us all, that um, um, Joseph, when we look back from where we are now, and we have not only the Old Testament, but we've got the New Testament, and Jesus has come, and we can read all about the life of Jesus, we can look back into the Old Testament, and we can see pictures in the Old Testament of Jesus. And Joseph is one of them. And perhaps this week, with this move from Joseph going from prison to be raised up to become the prime minister of Egypt, and to be second only to Pharaoh, it comes together perhaps in the clearest way that we've been able to see yet. There were all sorts of ways in which we can compare them. Of course, Joseph is just a human example. And compared to the Lord Jesus, you know, without with Jesus, everything is so much greater. But when we put them side by side, each of them was sent. Now, Joseph was sent by his father to go to his brothers. But when we come to Jesus, there's a verse in the Bible which says, God the Father sent the Son 
to be the saviour of the world. We see how each of them were rejected. When Joseph came to his brothers because his father had sent him, and uh, his brothers resented him, they rejected him, and they put him down that pit, and they sold him, and they told a cock and bull story to, to the parents as to what had happened to Joseph. They rejected him. It's a verse in John chapter 1, which says that when Jesus came into the world, he came unto his own, his own people, Israel. But his own did not receive him, received him not. But to as many as receive him, to them gives he the power, the right to become the sons of God. Joseph was sold as a slave. And Jesus said, I have come as a servant. Come not to be, not to, not to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. Each of them was sold for a price, and the price was paid in silver. Each were falsely accused. Potiphar, uh, accused uh, by his uh, wife, and uh, he goes in, in, into prison, and Jesus is falsely accused, and, but he eventually goes on to death and crucifixion. Each of them treated as criminals. But then, each raised to rule. For Joseph, we've seen this week, it's from the prison to the palace to be made prime minister. For Jesus, it was to be raised from death. For all to see him and witness that. And then to be received back into the glory with his ascension so that he is now raised to rule to be Lord of all. And so we get this wonderful, it's only a picture. And it's not perfect because it's fulfilled in a much greater way and in a wonderful way in uh, our Lord Jesus. But then, um, as we come to a close in a few moments, this is another slide from Andrew uh, that he showed us on that first week. It's still the one about God having a plan, but... Uh, this time, he extended it to include not just Joseph's family, not just Joseph, but to include the world and a plan for us. And uh, Andrew also showed us this verse, this great verse. We know that in all things, God works for good. That's the title of our series, isn't it? That in it all, the topsy-turvy roller coaster of Joseph's life and the way that it's finally fulfilled that we shall hear next week, God works for good. God works for good for those who love him. Those whom he's called according to his purpose. Those whom God had already chosen, he also set apart to become like his son. God works for our good. As Jesus was obedient to God, in the plan that God had for him, so God wants us to be obedient to him. He wants us to be nothing less than like his son. God works for good. As for God, his way is perfect. But those whom he calls to follow, he says, he wants us to become nothing less than like his son.
Jesus. That's some calling, but it's some privilege, it's some honor, and it's some challenge for our lives as well. And if we want to consider the really big picture, the picture of the plan for the world, it's because Jesus was obedient to the plan that his father had for him that we now have, the world now has a savior. And that's truly wonderful, surely, in these days in which we live. That the world has a savior and it's God's plan that all should come to know Jesus as the Savior. The Bible says God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to a knowledge of the truth, knowing Jesus is their Savior. And, and being our Savior, we would then want him and desire for him to become our example. Because God is not just interested in who you are and who I am, but he's interested in what you are. And what I am. Now, next week, as I've already said, is the last one uh, in our series. And uh, for those of you that can remember 18, Hannibal said those immortal words I just love it when a plan comes together. And our speaker next week, Mr. Dancy, he will be Hannibal but he won't have the cigar. God meant it for good.